the Savior saved. Thy strength indeed is small, child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. And Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left and stained, he washed in white as
Jesus is the one that did that. Jesus set us free. He sets us free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for the opportunity that we have, Lord, to receive you, God. And I pray today, God, if there's someone that's on the the brink of, of making that decision, God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just touch, minister, convince, convict. Lord, I pray for salvations, God, within the sound of our voices today, God. I pray, Father, they would make that decision to live for you, to turn from their sin, to accept you as their Savior, and to live forever with you in eternity, God. We thank you. We praise you for that gift. In Jesus' name. Hey, turn around to someone, your neighbor, and say good morning. Good to see you. Morning, everyone. It's good to see everybody. Uh, I was not here last week. I was actually we were in Northern Illinois last Sunday, but then we went to Wisconsin. So if I sound a little northern this morning, because I went back to my my mother's roots. She was born in Elgin and spent the first uh, go. Yeah, <laughs> I actually missed out on watching the Cardinals while I was up there because, you know, they don't care about them. Uh, they, they don't have Major League Baseball in Chicago. <laughs> uh, man. It was a nice relaxing time up in Wisconsin. It was a lot cooler. We went to a lake. We got in the lake. We got out of the lake. There's wind. Makes it very cold. <laughs> Not like going to Florida or Alabama this time of year. Um, it was a nice time. Glad to be back, though, back in God's country down here, right? Amen. Uh, hey, starting out this morning, if you're as old as me or older, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you're younger, you'll have to, uh, you know, put a little imagination hat on for a second. But do you remember a time where there were no cell phones? Yeah. Yeah. You remember the, remember the car phones, the bag phones? Yeah. Well, my point with remembering the time before cell phones is summer vacation before cell phones. And you would come back to school and there'd be some people that you hadn't seen. And they had changed. Sometimes for the good. Not always. <laughs> but there is those people that you wouldn't hang out with. You know, if, you're, if you had your license during the summer, you hung out with your friends, the people that you were the closest with, but you'd come back to school and, holy cow, somebody looks way different. Um, now they're all connected on social media, so whatever changes happen, they already know about them. And I don't know, where's the fun in that, right? Uh, <laughs> but hopefully this summer has been a summer where we've changed a little bit, spiritually. Amen? Amen. No matter what age we are, we've, we've changed. You see, with our walk with Christ, you never stay the same. You're either going forward or you're slipping away from him. And hopefully this summer we've taken a step towards him. Amen? Amen. Uh, whether it's a, a camp or, or VBS this uh, past week, 
Hopefully our children and our teenagers have experienced Christ, have experienced the Holy Spirit. And hopefully Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings, the adults have experienced the Holy Spirit as well. It's been a summer of growth, not regressing. Amen? And so if you've got your Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. I think I say that every time I preach. Well, I mean... If there was a chapter I didn't like, I wouldn't preach on it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to start with verse 14. We're going to move forward this morning in our walk with Christ, amen? Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14, for the love of Christ controls us. Let's just stop there. We're just going to take, we're going to read four verses this morning and we're just going to break it down piece by piece, Okay. For the love of Christ controls us. Why does the love of Christ control us? Well, if you turn over to Galatians chapter 5, it says that the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that means if you have a life that is led by the Holy Spirit, there are nine things that should spring out of your life. And the first one they mention is love. And so the love of Christ should control us. Nothing that comes out of us should be hateful, spiteful, Stabbing somebody in the back, talking behind their back. None of that should come out of our lives. It should all be loving. And when somebody wrongs us, we should have the love of Christ in us to pray for that person. Amen? For the love of Christ controls us. Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all. So that they who live might no longer live for themselves but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. So Jesus paid the price, just as we just sang. And since he paid the price, he died for our sins, we also have died. So that we no longer live selfishly, as I preached way back in June, but we live for Christ and him alone. Amen. And the love of, him, uh, of Christ's love is controlling us because of that. Because when we think of that, when we think of his love for us and that we don't deserve it, we now must love others. Mm, that's good stuff. <clears throat> so that overflowing love spews out of us. I got to use the word spew. That's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean it in a gross way either. <clears throat> By the way, I've, I've had too much time with my kids during vacation. Uh, our, our SUV needed worked on. So we took my, my Ford Fusion, and I've got three kids, and they were all within striking distance for a good six hours up, six hours down. I needed some relaxation when I got back from my vacation. Talk about seeing the doctor for some blood pressure meds. Love of Christ was not controlling them. <laughs> it was a closed fist, the open hand. It was all happening in the back seat. Ooh, that just stresses me out thinking about it. Let's move on. <laughs> Verse 16. Therefore, now when we come to the word therefore in the Bible, we have to ask ourselves, what is the therefore, therefore? Okay. 
Usually it means because of what we just read, this is why. So because the love of Christ controls us, because he died for us all, and we don't live for ourselves, we live for him. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. And then we have uh, LaDonna Talbert's favorite piece of punctuation there, the semicolon. (laughs) She said, you can always make yourself look smarter if you use a semicolon. You may not be smarter, but you can make yourself look smarter. So basically, we have two separate ideas in this verse. And the first one is that we don't recognize anyone according to the flesh. And this means that we don't look at people, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ, and recognize them according to their past sins. We see them for what they are, a son and a daughter of God. Okay? And there's some people, whether in church or out of church, and they want to bring up your past, don't they? A lot of times they want to bring that up. And the reason why they do this is because the love of Christ does not control them. But because the love of Christ controls you, here's what you should do. You should pray for that person. You got to pray for them because they need to experience the fullness of the love of Christ in their lives so that they can love you. And maybe, really, a lot of times it stems out of their own insecurity. I'm helping somebody today. It stems out of their own insecurity because they don't feel worthy enough to accept that love that Jesus has for them. And so they turn their attention on you and attack you and bring up your past when they don't want you to know anything about their past and they haven't accepted the fact that Christ has forgiven them. Move on from those people, pray for them so that they can accept that love and get free just as you are free and walk in your own freedom. That's good stuff. Second part of verse 16. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, NLT says in in human terms, we we knew Christ before, we knew that he was a good person, but then we decided to put our trust in him and make him the savior of our lives. Second part there. Yet now we know him in this way no longer. Amen? Amen? We know him as a risen savior. Somebody who has taken over our lives, washed away all of our sin, our guilt, our shame, and we walk in freedom now. Amen? Then finally we get to verse 17. This is the verse I want to focus on. This is the verse that's been on my heart for a couple weeks now. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Some versions say new creation. He is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. That's the title of the message today. New creation. I had that verse in my head while I was out running, walking. That's usually when I can clear my mind. As long as I'm not focusing on not dying. And at times I doubted whether this is really the direction that God wanted me to take in this sermon. And then on the way up to uh, calm the storm that was happening in the back seat, we turned on some some music. Music calms the the beast or my children. Uh, (laughs) And so we turned on some Christian radio and, and I don't... I got to be honest, I don't listen to much radio. Um, 
I prefer silence uh, because I have three kids at home. So I, I like it to be quiet. Um, and a song came on by uh, Mac Powell, former lead singer of Third Day, called New Creation. And man, it just, it was a powerful song. Um, I don't know if you've heard it on the radio or not. If you haven't, you should. Uh, just, I just felt like that was confirmation that this is where we need to go today. Um, and so, you know, one of the lines in the chorus is, uh, you took my tragedy and made it into blessings or something like that, or into a masterpiece. I can't remember the line. I looked up the lyrics and then I forgot about them, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I remember he, he said, you take a tragedy and you turn it into blessings. And there's things in our old life that we can look at and we can hold on to and we can feel guilty about it, but God will redeem that when we give our lives to him. And we start walking with him and he starts dealing with things in our lives. You see, when you give your life to Christ, there's some things that he will set you free from right on the spot. It's instantaneous. But later on, you're, as you walk with him, because uh, a lot of times we preach salvation as a, as a uh, destination, but really it's just the beginning of the journey. That's just the start of things. And so as we walk with him, he starts dealing with some other things that are in our lives. Think about this. There's, there's things that maybe they're coming to your mind right now that you haven't given all the way to, uh, to, to God yet. There's things in your heart that you're just holding on to because you're not ready to face that truth. Now, when you give your life to Christ, he claims full possession of you. He can't fully control you if he doesn't have full possession of it. A lot of times, Paul the Apostle calls himself a bond slave, meaning I'm indebted to Christ now because of what he's done for me. And so, God deals with us. We have these things. And he brings them up in times of prayer or during a service like this. And we have a choice whether to respond and give it to him or not. It's kind of like this. If you bought a house from me and I said, you can have this house for this price. And we come to an agreement. And I said, but I'm going to need to keep my favorite bathroom. And I'm probably going to need the kitchen because I'm going to need to eat. Would you still take that deal? No, nobody would. It's the same thing with your heart. Your heart is your mind, will, and emotions, everything that's hung in there from your past, from your life. And God wants to take over that. And he comes into your life, he sets you free, and you say, except for this part. That's a bad deal. That's not a deal he's willing to take. It's all or nothing for him. All or nothing. <laughs> we can be a complete new creature, new creation in him if we allow him to work on us. Amen? So if you've <clears throat> repented of your sins, turned to Christ, allowed him to be the savior of your, of your life, you've allowed the Holy Spirit to work in your heart and your mind to transform you from the inside out, isn't that amazing how people transform on the outside as well when they give their lives to Christ? Like, you see them before Christ, and then they give their life to Christ, and they actually look different on the outside. 
It's because there's a change on the inside that's happening. Okay? You can... You can put on a face and look okay on the outside and still be torn up on the inside. It's the same sort of people that go and wash their car on the outside, but there's McDonald's bags in the back. I want that car until you go up and look in. Maybe not. There's a French fry waving at you. <laughs> but when we repent, we turn to him. There's that point in our life that we remember. You remember the, t- the point where you got saved. You remember the spot you got saved. And if you don't remember it, maybe it's time to rededicate. Maybe it's time to give your life to Christ all over again. You see, when you go from Illinois to Indiana, you cross the Wabash River. When you go from Illinois to Kentucky, you cross the Ohio. When you go from Illinois to Missouri or Iowa, you cross the Mississippi. But if you've never gone to Wisconsin, let me tell you, you don't cross anything. <laughs> and if the sign wasn't there that said, welcome to Wisconsin, you wouldn't know. There's a, at the, the spot where we crossed was on Highway 47 north of Hebron, Illinois. Population 1,200, 1952 state champions in basketball, and they'll let you know because they've got their water tower painted like a basketball. And on it, it says 1952 state champs. They're proud of it. <laughs> but just north of there, about a mile, mile and a half, is where you cross the state line. And there's a country road called State Line Road. Guess what? It divides Illinois from Indiana. We come back from Wisconsin. Did I say Illinois and Indiana? My goodness. (laughs) Illinois and Wisconsin. We come back from Wisconsin. I see a house on that State Line Road. It's on the Illinois side, but it faces Wisconsin. And I told Jenna, I said, you ever wonder what that person thinks every morning when they wake up? Without getting too political, I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) But between Illinois and Wisconsin, the northern part of Illinois, southern part of Wisconsin, it all looks the same. It's kind of hilly, a lot of corn, a lot of beans. And without the sign, you wouldn't know that you were changing states. But when you go to the other states, you cross a river. And yeah, it looks the same over there, but there's this feeling of, I've crossed a river, I've crossed a boundary, I'm not at home anymore, right? It's the same way when you get saved. The next day you wake up, it looks the same. The sun has gone up in the east, goes down the west, but something has changed in here. And there's this feeling that you're not home anymore. Because your home's not here. Your home's in heaven. And all along the way, there are landmarks. You go to another state, you see signs for landmarks, right? Uh, when I lived in West Frankfurt, I worked at this, in this one building that used to be a furniture store. And on the outside, they put a plaque. I have a picture of it somewhere. 
And it says on this, at this spot, 1904, nothing happened. And I thought that odd, and then I found out the history that, you know, West Frankfurt declares themselves as the furniture capital of southern Illinois. And so another furniture store had had all this history on the outside of their building. So in response, this furniture store had put this plaque that said, on this spot in 1904, nothing happened. (laughs) Show you. The place where I graduated high school, that gym, is now where I park every day for work. The hospital I was born in is no longer there in Mount Vernon, the old good Sam. There's certain landmarks, there's physical places that you remember even when they are torn down. But spiritually, there's landmarks in your life. You remember a certain verse because of what God spoke to you and how he dealt with your life. There are certain sermons you remember because of how it spoke to you and changed your life. And you were a different person after that. I remember in college, a missionary came from Spain to the church that I was attending in Carbondale. And he preached on Solomon. And if you've read about Solomon in the Old Testament, you know that Solomon had a lot of wisdom and he did a lot of great things for God. But at the end of his life, he liked women too much, married too many of them, and they took his heart away from God. And the whole point of his message was that Solomon did great things, but there was one thing that was holding him back, the one thing in his heart that he wouldn't give to God. I remember that message. I will never forget it. Because God dealt with my heart. And so we need to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. We need those landmarks. We need those points of reference where we can point to it and say, that is where Christ changed me. And we don't need it just at salvation. We need it over and over and over and over again. He's still working on us until we either die or he comes back again. Philippians 1.6, if you don't believe me, here you go. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. If you think you're perfect, you're wrong. I used to. <laughs> and then I got wise. He's still working on us. And maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ. You've never repented of your sins. Today's the day. You're searching for something. You're searching for something different. You're searching for a change in your life. You're searching for that point of reference that you can point to and say, that's where my life changed. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life for that. And you can give your life to Christ today. And maybe you've gone through the summer. And you've you've come here every Sunday. Every Wednesday. Seeking God. And nothing has changed in your life. You actually feel like you've, you've slidden, slid back away from God. The summer's not over yet. Thank God. I'm not ready to go back to school. But I do like to torture my students. When I see them out and about. Hey, 11 days. Oh, don't remind me, Mr. Talbert. It's not like I'm excited either. 
I won't let them know that unless they're here. Uh, (laughs) But it's not too late to have an incredible summer with Jesus. It's not too late to give him more of your life. It's not too late to allow him to work on you. It's not too late. And even when summer ends and it goes into fall, it won't be too late. And it goes into winter and we cycle through the year again. It won't be too late. It's never too late. And maybe you've grown closer to Jesus this summer. Maybe you've really pressed in and seen him do miraculous things. He's not done yet. He wants to do more. He wants to do more in your life. He wants to do more with people around you. And he's wanting you to spread the message of what he's done in your life. Later on in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, Paul says this, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. You go from, hey, we're a new creature, we're a new creation, to because of that, because we have the love of God overflowing in us, I have to tell others about what God's done for me. And there's people that we work with. There's people we go to school with. There's people all around us that need to hear that message. They need to hear it from you. Because there's one thing that they can't refute. They can get all theological with you, break it down in a way that makes it sound like they have all the answers. You don't know what you're talking about. But there's one thing they can't refute. That's your testimony. They can't tell you that what Christ has done in your life is false because you know it's the truth because it happened to you. It didn't happen to them. But it can happen to them if you tell them. I haven't preached long this morning and that was my intention because I hate hearing myself talk. (laughs) So, the worship team would come back up. I'm going to conclude. Last Sunday, we went to a church up in uh, Roscoe, Illinois. If that sounds familiar, for all you NASCAR fans, that's the hometown of Danica Patrick. There you go. There's a church there that my in-laws go to, and we went there, and uh, during worship, the pastor got up, he, le- he felt led to open up the altar time just to spend some, some time with Jesus. And people came up to the altar and just really pressed in in worship. I did not go forward because sometimes when I go to another church, I just like to people watch because I'm weird, first of all. And second of all, because I remember a time before cell phones when we didn't just play games in our free time. We actually just watched people. Um, Or maybe it was just me. I saw this one lady go up. And she had her purse strapped across her body. Went up into worship with her purse. Now, she probably forgot it was even there. But I thought it was really strange. Now, if you don't know much about people from Northern Illinois, this is why I learned in college, because... They don't trust anybody, (laughs) especially people from Chicago. My first experience with that was in college, and 
you know, we're in the study group and a girl in our study group would say, hey, can you watch my purse while I go to the restroom? Yeah, I guess, you know, it was just weird because I grew up in Wayne County. We trust everybody. So there was part of me that thought, well, maybe she just thought that somebody would steal her purse here at church. Or maybe she just forgot it was there. But I thought it was a weird symbol that, you know, she's not going to leave her purse at the altar. She's going to take it back with her. And sometimes we do the same. We have an experience with God. We come to the altar. We leave some of our emotional and spiritual baggage right here. And then we go back and we we pick it up again. And we struggle with the same things over and over and over again. When, when Christ, all he wants is complete surrender, complete control. All he wants is, is all of us. And it's really not that hard to give up. Because when you let Jesus be in control of your life, life becomes a lot easier. And his love will overflow out of you. And because he's perfect and he's living through you by his Holy Spirit, you're going to make a lot less mistakes. And even when you do, you have a lot of peace that he loves you no matter what. So would you stand with me today? Altar call is simple. You got something you need to give to God. You need to come to the altar. You need to leave it there. Allow him to once again make you a new creation. Allow him to transform your mind and your heart. Allow him to do the work inside of you. So as the worship team plays, altars are open.
Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for responding to the altar call of the obedience to the Holy Spirit. I believe God has awesome things in, in store for everybody in this room. So my challenge to you, especially as school starts in the next couple weeks, or young people, you guys have the, the largest mission field you'll ever have right now. Most influence you'll ever have is while you're in school. And you can do things that teachers like me can't do. That's my challenge to you. Live what you live on Sunday. Press into what God's got for you. That goes for adults too. We can do better, can't we? Amen. I know I can. I'm going to pray. Then I'm going to send you out. We're going to have an awesome last day of July. Okay? God, I just thank you for this congregation. I thank you for everybody here today, everybody watching online. I pray that your word would go deep in their hearts. God, that they would continue to allow you to work on their hearts and minds to transform them by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, transform me as well. Deal with me as well. Speak to me. Help us to hear your voice as we go along into the fall. Help us to be your ambassadors. Put people on our hearts right now that we can share the gospel with. And give us the boldness to do it. Help us to lead people to Christ. Thank you, God, for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're going to do. And the church said, Amen. Amen.